Welcome to the 73rd edition of the Guna podcast, recorded immediately after our previous one on the Monday after Arsenal's visit to Stoke. Thanks as ever to our sponsors, Gunashirts.com, the website for all your quality cult Arsenal t-shirts. I'm your host, Don Sebastiano, and still with us are Steve Ashford and Mark Ollington, although there's been a bit of a rotation taking place um, for a variety, so we've been joined by none other than Guna editor himself, Kev Witcher. Good evening. Right, let's move straight on to business and the business of Jack Wilshire and his decision to go to the European Under-21 Championships. How do we feel about that? Kev. Uh, well, I mean, I think he probably will suffer. I think the point was made about Ryan Giggs uh, the other day from one pundit whose name escapes me. It might have even been Mark Lawrenson, actually, but... Uh, the guy's never done a major championship in his career and he's still going strong at 37 and you've got to wonder if there might be something in that um, so I can understand a player wanting to go I can understand Stuart Pearce wanting to pick him I don't really buy into the argument that he needs to experience the boredom of being away at a major tournament to be better in future ones it's just a fact of life that players get bored when they're away from home for three weeks, whatever they're doing, and that's not going to change however old you are. You've just got to deal with it. You don't need practice at it. So uh, I personally would be happier if he didn't go, but it's going to happen, and we, both England and Arsenal, will pay the consequences. As I think he's already running out of steam a little bit this season. Mm, yeah, I Although think he's, 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 he's aggressive still and tigerish and committed, I think his actual quality of play has dropped a little over the last six weeks because um, I think he has run out of steam and, and no one can blame him for that because, you know, I mean, how many full seasons has he played before this one? You know, zero. Mark, what do you think about um, the fact that he's, he's already played for England? Isn't it also a bit of a, a step down to start then playing for the under-21s? It seems like a bit of a strange move in a way. Totally, and people keep harking back to this German team that apparently had loads of players playing for them and then stepped up to the national team, but they didn't play 50 games a.m. season. So that's the thing people haven't realised. I hope what Wenger does do is make it give um, Wilshire the first two months off in the season, the first month off, so Wilshire can't then play for the England proper team when it comes to the qualifiers. And that would teach the manager, won't it? And say, hey, you picked my player, but you can't play for the proper team. Piss off. I think it's an absolute farce. Um, I can see Pierce's point. Look at Walcott. You know, he's, Walcott's not half the player of Wilshire. But it did, it did him no favours whatsoever going to this kind of tournament. And actually, Walcott had a stinker of a tournament anyway. And didn't even play well. It is. So, um, no, the whole thing is just a big joke to me. Not much to add other than that, really. Yeah, Steve. Well, I think it's more about Stuart Pierce than it is about um, Jack Wilshire. Stuart Pierce, I've never rated Stuart Pierce as a manager at all. I think he's incredibly fortunate to be in the job that he is. Um, and I think he needs all the good players he can get to keep Stuart Pearce in a job. Um, it, I always thought the under-21 team was a stepping stone to getting into the full England side. Wilshere and Andy Carroll are already in the full side. Why on earth pick them for the under-21s, other than just to massage Stuart Pearce's ego? And I think Arsenal will suffer because we'll be without our best player for the first six weeks of the new season. England will suffer because he'll miss those qualifiers, as, 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 as it's just been pointed out. And, you know, I just think the whole thing, as Mark said, is a total farce. And so uh, you agree with Arsene Wenger on one thing, at least then, Steve? I agree with Wenger on that, yeah. But I think he should push it. You know, yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll capitulate, he should, he should push it. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on. Uh, ownership. Um, thoughts on the departed Danny Fisman, Kevin? Well, I mean, uh, in fairness to Danny Fisman, um, he took the club to another level. There is obviously a thought that uh, it might be a level we don't actually want to be at, but uh, football today is about money. And uh, ultimately, much as we may be frustrated by the lack of trophies, um, we would not be paying the wages we are uh, if we were still at Highbury and if you think what we're getting for what we're paying now imagine what we might be getting if we were still at Highbury so um, you know I think it's generally accepted that much as no one wanted to leave the old stadium uh, that the prevailing climate demanded that we did look how many other clubs are trying to do what Arsenal are doing and failing specifically Liverpool and Tottenham and um, Fisman was a huge part of that now you know I don't want to make him out to be a saint because the one thing that it also affected was increasing the value of his shareholding phenomenally so ultimately he didn't do it for nothing um, but in fairness to the guy um, and I'm not going to speak ill of the dead um, without him the club would not have moved to the level it needs to be at for a healthy future and credit to him for working damn hard to achieve that and you know if there's one individual who you could say is responsible for moving the club forward possibly in a, in a funny kind of way more so than the manager um, I think it probably was Danny Fisman. So um, didn't, didn't Ken Fryer have a lot to do with that? Though? Well, he did, but you know, it was Fisman who had the bollocks in in in, in the decision making process. So, wouldn't you say also there's a lot to be said for before the, all that the foundations being laid down by David Dean as well did quite a lot of uh, moving no. and shaking, or is that on a different level? It is on a different level, because what David Dean achieved was on, on the football level. What, what Fisman realised quite quickly was that commercially um, Arsenal were lagging behind phenomenally. Now, none of us like the middle tier at the new stadium, the, the club level, the corporate boxes, but the fact is they actually do gain a ridiculous amount of revenue for the club and it's what every other team in the world aspires to do and I doubt there's another team in the world that's making as much money from what you call the posh seats as Arsenal which hopefully in the long run will be a benefit to the team well, well we I saw manager who's prepared to spend the profits that we're making. Absolutely. Well, I saw recently in a, a some sort of table in one of the Sundays uh, that we're actually the third richest club in the world, yeah. uh, above Bayern Munich, Chelsea, um, and so we're just. Uh, so well, that's largely down to the property uh, aspect of Arsenal, which is a temporary thing. In a sense, that is making up for the massive detriment we we have on sponsorship deals. Because what's happened as a result of a long-term deal signed to get the new stadium built is that we are seeing every year the amount of money we take from those deals lag behind. I mean, what Liverpool get in a year from from their sponsors is it 25 million or something? Is it really? Good? I don't know. It's something ridiculous. But Arsenal are getting about five million. For the same. So basically, the property money is making up for that lack of sponsorship. Once the property goes, 
then it would be more of an even keel because by that time we'll renegotiate new deals with new sponsors and hopefully be getting our actual market value. When but, you pay but, off the loan, sorry, Kev, you, you're into these things, especially with your new book, I imagine that's coming out soon with the extra chapters, but um, when does the um, loan actually get paid off? Um, it's, it's, uh, I think it's um, 18 years after the stadium moves. So, so 12, 13 years left? Something like 2025. 20, See, I thought it was more than that's the mortgage, there. That's the mortgage on the stadium. Yes, but the mortgage is highly manageable. It's 18 million a year, including the interest payments. So that's six home games? Yes. So once we've had six home games, we're debt-free per season? Yes. So all, all the income from the, from the fans for the tickets... The gate money receipts, the merchandise. merchandise receipt, the food receipts, the drink receipts, the Champions League receipts. The constant stream of corporate events that happen at that stadium yeah. every day of the week, yeah. from GCSE exams, yeah. to flipping parties. So after six home games, all that money's ours in future. Yeah, I mean, the, the, bottom, is that? the bottom line is, you know, if we're, if we're earning, let's say, 200 million, we're paying about 110 million of that in wages to the players. We're paying about 18 million to pay off at the stadium. We have this thing which I've always been intrigued by called other operating expenses, which is 50 million plus. And What's one big gift for it? It's exactly that. And I'm sure there is scope for shenanigans there, but uh, we'll never know. Um, That's one expensive coach they take to away games. <laughs> well, apparently the players do get seven star treatment. So they, when they fly to a game abroad, they're on planes with all seats which can recline completely as beds and this sort of thing they stay in the very best hotels now what I'd like to see is then go to Eastern Europe, stay in a goddamn hotel with cockroaches and learn about a concept I call adversity because that builds character you pamper these players, you're going to get performances like you get at Stoke you make them less comfortable and less sure of themselves and actually give them some kind of a challenge and you get more from people. Make them eat cockroaches is what you're saying. Two bloody right. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Seven star treatment. Seven, that's, that, is, that, is, that is what the manager insists but on. But we pay for that. The fans, your season ticket rise is just a very small part of that bill. I've heard that Arsenal do treat their players better than any other club in the country. I think they treat them too well. Yeah, I think they're yeah, spoiled yeah. and pampered, and that yeah, shows yeah, on the against yeah, up north yeah. against Stoke. Yeah. Bit of a you know windy day. Don't like it. Well, it's strange they can't afford a hairdresser for Alex Song, though, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, his wife hasn't had And very briefly, while we're on the matter, what do we think of Juru's um, Gunnosaurus Rex haircut? Is it a tribute to Freddie Lundberg? I mean, what, what is it? There's only one Lundberg, Kevin Juru. <laughs> as much as he graces <laughs> only season performances, he is not the man. And on a footballing level. Why didn't he just clear the ball when we suddenly we got goal yeah. back with ten yeah. minutes to go? We're in a position to come back, maybe eke a draw out of it against yeah. Stoke City, yeah. and uh, he would not clear the ball. I know it's a couple of weeks back now, probably if you're listening to this. Opportunity yeah. presented itself to the team. Now you know what our players do when that exists. The chance to do something. Yeah. Go to pieces. Absolutely frustrating. Um, very briefly, there's a question here about the presence of Gunnosaurus in the central centre circle for the minute silence uh, for the tribute to Danny Fisman um, and the Hillsborough victims. What do you think of that, Mark Ollington, that they put Gunnosaurus on the centre circle? Without bigging up our esteemed editor, he wrote an article after the day. At the time I noticed it, I thought, this is just bonkers. You know, there you've got a real sad moment. The Liverpool fans are there, quite happy with Mark in their time, time as well as you know, Hillsborough, as well as this passing the Fisman. And it really is a sombre occasion, impeccably observed silence by the whole stadium. 
you know, really, you know, nice moment with regards to that. And then you've got some idiot in a costume of a dinosaur stood there with the young players. We used to be a club that stood for class, that stood for tradition, that stood for all the good things in football, which Ken actually put in his article, and you were spot on, mate, because seriously, it was disgusting. And that sums up how far we've fallen as a football Is that club. maybe just what a reflection of Britain today as well, that, actually? No, 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 or is that, is that I, I, just Arsenal? I've got that view for myself. Well, all right, what does, Steve, what do you say? think about well, it? Well, I mean, Gunnosaurus is a person, is there is a human being underneath that Gunnosaurus kit. <laughs> oh, you're a knobber. Right? <laughs> what, 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 is, what on earth is wrong with Gunnosaurus standing there Joining in the minute silence. So I can't see the problem. So, Steve, say someone you know, yeah, a good friend, Dave, yeah, yeah. You, you go to their funeral, yeah. would you really go d- dressed up as a flipping dinosaur? But it wasn't a funeral, it was a minute silence. It was to observe the memory yeah, of the event. Yeah, but he so not, can't Gunnosaurus was on the pitch anyway, wasn't yeah, it? Well, yeah, well, Gunnosaurus. I, I, will, I will intervene here. Thank you. Okay, then let me just say that I was actually phoned by someone who knows the guy who wears the costume, who was quite upset at the criticism. Now, his oh, really? version of, it? Oh, okay. of events was that he was actually at the side and Theo Walcott called him over to join. Well, <laughs> if you're taking lessons in decorum from a 21-year-old, you've got problems. You can't read again. You know, I mean, <laughs> in fairness, having said that, it's not the first time. It happened when the Rowcastle um, death silence in 2001, uh, when we played Spurs. I think he was also there. In the centre circle, but so he's got form. No, but that, that is a good, what's appropriate? What's appropriate? He's wearing a fucking seven-foot dinosaur costume. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't. It doesn't gel well with the idea of paying respect to the dead. Whether or not he's wearing a fucking dinosaur costume. No, I don't mind. I don't mind the guy dressing up in civvies and joining the guys in the centre circle if it meant that much to him. But just take the fucking costume. At least take your head off. The guy's the costume has a big grin on his face. If you had a clown's, clown's funeral and you had like 20 clowns all d- turning up, it, it, you it could argue you. that was appropriate. Yeah. But it, but it wouldn't be any less respectful. But it wasn't it? the death of a clown, was it? No, well, yes, Ninety-three people got. No. I think. I think we're, we're almost in Steve winding up mode. <laughs> right, and this is the point where I, as host, will stand in and say we move on to the next question, which is the naming of the two bridges. Um, there are bridges that have been named after directors. Um, Kev, can you fill us in and tell us who these direct? I know nothing of this, and um, is that a good thing? Afterwards, Steve and Mark. Well, I can tell you that the North Bank Bridge has been re- um, renamed the Ken Fryer Bridge, and the Clock End Bridge has been renamed the Danny Fisman Bridge. Now, um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you think of Sir Matt Busby Way at Old Trafford, and you can see there's a certain evocative nature to that idea. What I can't see is the real gain of naming a bridge. And I'm talking about what Arsenal are now concerned about, which is marketing the club. So you're naming a bridge after these directors. Now, what do these names mean to your Japanese tourists, for example? In fact, what do they mean to anyone, really? I mean, in all fairness to these directors, they've done a great job. But Herbert Chapman Bridge? Would that not sound a little bit more kind of oh. Arsenal? Oh, I totally agree, Ken. Totally I think there may be a point, though, that um, Fisman uh, uh, and Fryer were both at Highbury for years as well. But, and there's but a certain so, kind of. So and they, was Herbert they, Chapman. And didn't they take us to this new well, stage? I understand the reasoning. Chapman didn't take us to the new stage. I stadium. understand the reasoning. What I'm questioning is the wisdom of the decision. And I think they could have done so much more. Was the it? Henry Norris Bridge, maybe? Well, I mean, he's as, uh, certainly as relevant in Arsenal's history as Fryer and Fisman. 
Well, well, well I, 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 personally, I think. I mean, it's, it, if you wanted to, if you wanted to find a, a thing that sums up the club as it is now, more than anything else, is naming those two bridges after directors that made a fortune when the club was sold to, to Cronky. Fisman made an absolute fortune. His shares must have gone up from five hundred quid to eleven thousand in in fifteen years per share. Same with Fryer. I mean, I mean, the club is all about making money and a balance sheet, not about winning trophies. Mm. Now, you could have named, as Kev says, you could have named that Herbert Chapman Bridge, you could have named it Dennis Burkham Bridge, Thierry Henry Bridge, Ian Wright Bridge. You name it after two directors that have made a fortune Cliff out of selling their shares. Cliff Bastin Bridge. And it's not about winning trophies, it's about the balance sheet. And naming mm. those two bridges after Fisman and Fryer sums that up. Well, we are becoming less of a football club and more yeah. of a, a c- commercial yeah. entity. I mean, but isn't that a reflection of the imagine, way the world's going? Can you imagine United naming their bridges like the... Duncan, uh, what was the no, chairman? Martin Edwards. Yeah, the, Mar- yeah. Yeah, the Martin Edwards way. Or, or, the, or David Gilway or whatever. I mean, you can never Martin. see it. David Gilway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what's happened. Yeah. 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 Bridge. Yeah. Mind you, having said that, uh, they're only bridges, and what's, what is wonderful is those, that all those players around the stage no, but it's the same as Old Trafford is the theatre of dreams, yeah? You can buy into that concept, right? Yeah. We've got the Emirates. We used to have the home of football. Yeah, we yeah. did once. We used to, back in the old days, back yeah. day. And I was yeah, no, well, exactly, uh, when I was going for a piss in the, new, in the Nina Bra- Bracewell Smith toilet, I thought exactly the same thing. Well, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, well I, 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 I'm glad to say that on European nights, as we, I've mentioned before, um, it is called Arsenal Stadium, and the word Emirates is banned from the inside of the stadium. So... Ultimately, really, in the real world, deep, deep, deep down, it, it is Arsenal Stadium. We can't have it both ways. We, I mean, not five minutes ago, we were bemoaning the fact that we're not making enough money in sponsorship. Yeah. And we, we, we need to renegotiate our sponsorship. But that doesn't deals. stop fans and so even journalists and people surely, using the word Arsenal instead of Emirates. One of the main areas and routes to sponsorship revenue would be the name of the stadium. So we can't have it both ways. We can't say, oh, we want to make millions of pounds in sponsorship so we don't have to fleece the fans. But we want to call the stadium Arsenal Stadium. Uh, well, I would say, yes, you're right. However, what you can do is you can, on, on a corporate level, call it Emirates Stadium, do all that stuff. But the fans and also journalists, I mean, would someone who writes about the stadium in The Guardian or in The Times have to suddenly call, they, they could call it Arsenal Stadium. It's not illegal to do so, is no, it? No, so no, you could, no. just on a normal street level, call it Arsenal Stadium. If we all refer it to it as yeah. that, it doesn't matter what that lot call it, all no. the uh, huppity puppity people. If a sponsor paid, let's just say for argument's sake, 100 million to sponsor the stadium name, yeah. and every newspaper was calling it Arsenal Stadium, they would be getting some very high-rate letters from the sponsor. Well, they would, but there's nothing you can do about it because a journalist yeah. is allowed to yeah. write what they like. They, yeah. they're, not, they're not paying you yeah. or the journalist to, so you can call it what you like. If you want to call it Arsenal Stadium, feel free to do so. I do so on, on, on Champions League nights and I do so on every other night. I do fall into the Emirates trap occasionally, mm. but I do try and avoid it. And uh, the Ashburton Grove thing seems to have left a little now. But I think there's nothing wrong with good old-fashioned Arsenal Stadium. Kev? The problem you've got, Basti, sorry, Kev, to interrupt very quickly, mm-hmm. is that the general makeup of the Arsenal fan is different. We've got a lot of corporate fans, there are a lot of new fans. They are not in the mindset of doing what Man City supporters did and renaming their own stadium. They called it Eastland straight away. The City of Manchester Stadium, whatever it was called, the fans pretty much called it what they wanted to and called it. Our supporters, 
quite new in that stadium. Half of them are corporates. To them, they're quite happy to call it Emirates Stadium. And that's what happens when you take so the So you're saying dollar. half of Arsenal supporters are complete twats? Is that really? what you're saying? Well, I don't go that far, but I go then, then what I call new football fans is they would come to games late, leave games early, and they're very, very happy to call it Emirates Stadium. And that's the sad thing. When you take the corporate dollar, have the corporate money, move to a bigger stadium, that's what happens. That's the makeup of our support. Kev? I mean, in fairness, um, quite uh, a few of the longer and more well-established fans also are perfectly happy to uh, call it the Emirates. Including me. No, I was calling it the Emirates. Um, and it's a habit thing. And, I mean, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the club has sold its soul. They could have named the stadium the Emirates Arsenal Stadium or the Emirates Highbury Stadium or some variation which incorporated some Arsenal thing. So there wasn't a great deal of imagination there, um, and, and we kind of ballsed up on that one. And, I mean, it's just something we, we will learn to live with, and it's going to be bloody weird in 2021 when the sponsorship ends if the naming rights are not renewed, because then we're going to be calling it something else, and that's going to be quite a strange... Well, which is why I maintain it is Arsenal Stadium, because underneath it all, the bottom of the line is Arsenal Football club play there. Now we've only got a few minutes left, so very quickly, um, we're going to save the rest. Oh, I see. Right, that was. I was just handed a very secretive sheet that I'm not meant to say anything about. <laughs> but I will just very quickly. Um, Dave, say, please come back quickly. You're more professional. Just very quickly, I'm just going to ask you who is going down and who do you want to go down? And we've got a lovely choice of West Ham, Wigan, Blackpool, Wolves, Birmingham, and Blackburn. Mark. Blackpool, because I hate the fact that everyone makes out they're such a brilliant team and great for the Premiership. Always oh, that other fella really nice. No, you wind me up. West Ham, definitely. Um, I hate West Ham. And Birmingham, because they beat us the Carney Cup final. OK, well, that's... Uh, right. uh, Steve? Well, can I just talk about Wigan, basically? Wigan have got three players. Rodelega, Inzompia, and... Oh, the other one whose name escapes me now, and I sound really stupid, but they've got three players at Wigan who I would love playing for Arsenal. Uh, oh. I wouldn't like Wigan to go down. Oh, you, they're you too good. Cheeky monkey. They're too good. They're just too good. And before the, before the end of the podcast, I'll think of the third player. Right, OK, Kev. Uh, the teams I would like to go down are definitely Birmingham. Um, I think Wigan have had their time, in fairness to them. And, I mean, if I had to choice Blackburn, but it's not going to happen. Mm. I mean, I don't want West Ham to be relegated. I no. certainly don't want Blackpool to be relegated. Um, we all want Birmingham to go down, don't we? I we, think, yes, I think we, that's unanimous. We one. all want Birmingham to go down, not least for when, when that, that arsehole that arsehole slapped Colcielny on the back of the face, which very yeah. little was said about on the back of the head. Yeah. Did anyone see that? Yeah. Yeah. And well, he gave him this massive almighty crack on the back of the head. Nothing was yeah, said. Yeah. If that had been any other team, I mean, sorry, but do we get some bad decisions against them? Mm. Or, or people yeah. seem to ignore when we get get a rubber the green I'm sounding a bit like yeah. Wenger here no, uh, just, just very no, briefly I would like Birmingham player, the other Wigan player by the way Remy Moses oh Remy, Not Remy Moses oh the other one Remy oh. Garth Re- no <laughs> Moses what's his name Remy Martin no the Wigan player called Moses or just Moses or just call him Moses Moses ok I, I would like I would like him instead of Walcott any day I would like Birmingham Birmingham and Birmingham and to Birmingham. go down I'd like them to go down three times because I really dislike Birmingham I don't mind the others and West Ham I've got to say was my first ever away game with Arsenal and it was it was uh, my, with my mum and dad, the only game we all three went together. Victor so. Moses. Well done, Steve. You, Victor I'll Moses. i tell you what, some people were not going to get to sleep tonight because of that. Right, <laughs> so uh, it's time to wrap up this edition. Um, the email address for any communications about the podcast is 
gunapodcast at gmail.com. Thanks once again to our sponsors, gunashirts.com. We'll be back with one more offering from this particular recording session very soon. For now, though, my thanks to the panel. This is your host, Don Sebastiano, saying farewell to one and all. la da da la da da Oh, good friends, enjoy the company. Well, hey!